welcome back to the Growing to Be Me podcast. This episode is so... That was my doctor shit, excuse me. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that in because um, she's a very special, special doggo. Um, she's looking at me like, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? Um, but this episode is so incredibly special to me. It's one of the my favorite ever episodes that I ever recorded. Um, so I'm so excited to be sharing this with you and for the fact that this person even said yes to recording this episode was really really exciting um so this episode as you may already know from the title is with Santella Austin and he is my vocal coach singing teacher and has been throughout most of this year and the way that he teaches has just you know changed everything for me because he has a very um how do I put this? He has a very people approach. So it's not just about the singing, it's about the person and the and how that person is feeling whilst you're singing. So it's more about the motivation and going through those mental blocks. So he really makes you feel like you're capable, which then leads to you having the confidence to sing. And I just found that that approach is just... has opened so many doors for me and I could not share this with you and this is part two of my singing blockage series and obviously he has been the biggest part for me to even move through that so I really really wanted to share this with you um, and share you know his story and how he's gotten to do that and his points of view of what he's doing and the work that he's doing and I think it's so so relevant for anyone not not even people who want to sing but just people who want to live their dreams and really reach into what has been said is impossible because I don't believe that anything is impossible if you can dream something and you can think something you can do it um there's just a lot of mental limitations that is put in place for us um a lot of limiting beliefs that come up that have been ingrained in us that need reprogramming in terms of for for us to be able to break through that and actually embody the person that can break through those beliefs and step up as who we actually want to be so yeah i'm so excited to bring this to you and i hope you enjoy it if you do let me know and yeah go check him out as well he links his website at the end um and leave a review as well and i just can't wait for you to listen to this ah. <laughs> okay i'm gonna leave you to it now and enjoy and i will see you soon bye bye so welcome to the growing to be me podcast um help me welcome my teacher my actual vocal teacher um santella hello woo, 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 woo. <laughs> Hi. Hi. tell us about you introduce yourself okay my name is santella austin and uh, i've been a vocal coach for the past what now 13 years and uh, i came about doing it um on the back of me actually being a performer myself, doing musical theatre. And after I stopped doing that, um, I tried a lot of different things, 
but it was like I'm a very spiritual person and what I realize is that me being a vocal co coach is part of the master plan it mm. really is part of the master plan you know so it's something that no matter what I I would be doing in the future added to this this would always be a part of what I did part of my world you know mm. so yeah wow so what has led you to become a teacher like was there a moment that you realized that that's what you that's kind of what you wanted to do yeah i mean it happened because of real necessity really because i was doing musical theater and um in the midst of it i got ill well i shouldn't say i got ill um like it just happened you know i i basically um got involved into the quote unquote sex drugs and rock and roll kind of thing so um it it, it kind of shortened my musical career mm -hmm. and so when i wasn't able to do it anymore uh i tried so many different things and then um ironically i started like producing and songwriting while i was in germany and i came across this kid who i could hear had a great tone and i taught him basically you know i gave him lessons and it was just amazing in the short space of time that I gave him lessons. Uh, we had recorded an album and like eight record companies wanted to sign this kid. And that's when I knew that I could be a vocal coach because literally this guy's tuning was all over the place, but I heard that he had this tone and all I did was basically um, uh, give him everything that I've learned, like through theatre, the scales, et cetera, et cetera. And he applied it and he was just doing things with his voice that were just so, so amazing. And so that's what led me to believe that, yeah, you know what? I can be a vocal coach now that I can't do the theatre anymore. You know, I can do this. So that's how it all started, you know, and uh, it's been a blast. It has been a blast, you know. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So what? What? Just going back a little bit further. What? How did you end up in theatre? Like, how did you know that that's what you wanted to do? Okay, that's another. <laughs> that's another interesting thing because when I left school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew from the time I was a child, I knew I didn't want to do a nine to five. I don't know why. The youngest of seven children and everyone went down that path, you know, leaving school, going to college, getting a job, working nine to five. But I just never wanted to do it, you know. So when I left school, uh, my first job was a tailor. I was a trainee tailor. And I thought, oh, brilliant, I can make clothes and stuff. But I walked out of that job after three weeks. I just, I just couldn't handle it, you know. And then I just done 
literally, I worked in McDonald's. I cleaned pots and pans in, in restaurants and because I just was drifting, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then I got a job as a, um, as a spring maker, you know, spring maker, literally making springs for pens, bed springs and stuff like that. And funnily enough, I stayed there for three years. That was at the age of 17. And I stayed there for three years. And the reason why I stayed there for so long is because unlike the other jobs I went to, my boss just treated me with so much respect. He just treat, you know, I never, it was new to me because the, the, the job as a trainee tailor, even though I was a trainee, the way the guy spoke to me, it was just so disrespectful. And I was like, whoa. So that's why I left, you know. And uh, so me being in a, as a spring maker, like for all this time, at the age of say 20, I thought I can't do this for the rest of my life. I mean, really? And I had a friend of mine, he was a professional dancer. And uh, at that time there was this program called Fame that came on the te television, Kids from Fame. Did you know that? That that heard of it, yeah. with Leroy Johnson and stuff. Fame, I wanna live forever. I wanna learn how to fly. You never see you never seen that? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen oh, it. you have? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, that at the time when that came out, I thought, whoa, I'd love to do that. And then my friend became a professional dancer and he went to Norway. And he came back with a video of him dancing, you know, in, in some theatre in, in um, Norway. And I said, is that what you do for a living? He goes, yeah, that was it. That was it. I decided from that moment, I want to be a professional dancer. And that's how I got started. It's crazy. I mean, even talking about it now, it's just crazy. That was the reason why this is what I want to do. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Wow. Mm. Wow. There's like so many different parts to, to what, what's led you to where you are now. That's so, so. Yeah. And I mean, I could kind of go on, you know, as to that journey. Oh, it was just, I mean, can I, can I go on about yeah, that journey? Like, oh, uh, it was just because, at the age of, say, what was it? It was 20, in fact, 21. 20, I decided to write a way to be a professional dancer. And everyone told me, don't be silly, don't be silly, you can't be a dancer. Da, da, da. That's all they were saying. And there was this, when it's still there, a studio called Pineapple Dance Studios. And I was going there doing open classes, you know? And I remember my first class I went into and this teacher pulled me aside, you know, after she goes, do you want to be a professional dancer? And I said, well, you know, I don't really know. She goes, I think you should. You have something about you. I was like, whoa, you know what I mean? So that was like new to me after everyone telling me I can't do it. And then, then I auditioned for a foundation course 
I, in fact, I saw an ad in the newspaper that says, are you 21? Don't know what you want to do with your life. Try this course. We're offered art and design, computer studies, one darts class a week and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so I went for the course and got in and that was one year and I shone into dancing. I shone it every time I danced, people was like, whoa, tell it, did it. So, you know, that's when I just knew I was on the path. And, uh, you know, I went, funny enough, I went to, uh, after that, I went to a professional dance college, which at the time governments were handing out grants for three years. So, and I knew if I had got this, it would be three years of my life sorted, you know? And I auditioned for this uh, um, dance school. I never forget it. Erdogan Academy it was me and my friend because we both shone in this in this um, course. And Darlene, they told us we had no potential whatsoever. They said we were too old. They said we wasn't supple enough. We didn't have our footwork was too stiff and all that kind of stuff. So I, that was it. That was it. I went away. I cried my eyes out. You know, he did the same. And, uh, you know, it, we were ready to throw in the towel. We were literally ready to throw in the towel. You know, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I would. I want you to. Sorry, I don't want you to ask me questions. I feel as though I'm going on and on, but it, Ooh, I want to know what happened. Like... There's just so much to it, darling. It's like okay. So the friend I told you who went to Norway, he was at a ballet school around the corner from Erdan, and it was a new school, and it was a high level because because it was new, they wanted to attract high level people so they brought over Japanese boys who could like do 10 pirouettes and yeah, it was crazy so because my friend went there and he was like at the star of the school there and he had started late he started at 18 but by the time he was like 21 he got into national I think it was um the uh, royal ballet Royal Ballet, he got into, like, after four years, yeah? So he said, why don't you audition for West Street? I said, come on, Denzel, how can, how can I, if I get turned away from Erden, how on earth can I get into West Street? He said, well, what have you got to lose? And I kid you not, um, darling, I went there. I'd never done ballet before. I'd done jazz and stuff, you know, but I understood that ballet was a foundation for dance because he was a great jazz dancer too and you know it's because he got his center from the ballet so I understood about that but I just didn't think I could get into a ballet school cut a long story short did the audition and waiting for the interview and the woman said to me the principal said to me okay you know really posh here scraped back and stuff said, okay I could see you've never danced before and uh I think um, to start at the age you are at, especially at a ballet school, would be too much for you. So I think it's best that you go somewhere else, right? Yeah, this is what she said, right? And I said to her, okay, um, I hear what you're saying. However, a friend of mine, he came here 
And he started very, very late. And, you know, he's doing really well for himself. So I thought, well, maybe I could follow in his footsteps. And she said, so who is this person? And I said, Denzel. And she said, oh, Denzel, oh, yes. He came in not knowing his head from his toe. Oh, beautiful dancer, yes. And he's just got into the Royal Ballet and stuff. And she literally had to catch herself because she really was just gone. And she said, okay, okay. Um, is there anything else? And I said, well, and I kid you not, I cannot make this up. I said to her, it was my birthday that day. And I said to her, and also, um, it's actually my birthday today. So it would be really good, a good present if I got in. <laughs> it's got in. And she looked at the application form and she goes, oh, I see it is, okay. And she goes, okay, thank you. We'll be in touch. I <laughs> kid you not, darling. I kid you not, I walked out of there and I said, any idea how long? She goes, about 10 days, you know, seven to 10 days. And I never forget that moment, darling. I was sitting in my room and my sister came up and she goes, knocked on my room door. She said, Santella. And she handed me the letter because she knew this is what I was waiting for. She knew this is what I was waiting for, darling. And it's funny because it's even bringing tears to my eyes now, just the emotion of it. And I remember opening, locking the door, opening up the letter, and all I saw was, we are pleased. <laughs> I was like, whoa! I didn't even read the rest of the letter. I went down and said, yes, I got it. I got it to Wendy. I got it to Wendy. And that was it. The beginning of a new life. I knew three years was sorted for me. Didn't have to worry about money because they were going to pay for everything and stuff like that. So I was set. And it was just literally, I can say it was like, that is kind of like where my life really began. You know what I mean? I can honestly say that, you know? So oh, just reliving it is just, it's, it's powerful. You know what I mean? Really is, you know? Wow. So yeah. Wow, that is amazing. <laughs> like I was actually thinking about this today because you know, there's so much pressure on, pretty much since you're 17 you're told to or 16 17 people tell you you need to pick a career now and there's so many of us um that you know go into our 20s still not really knowing what we want to do feeling that pressure and i've had this conversation with several of my friends because you know i'm 25 and i've got people that are 25 26 24 and people are freaking out because they're like i don't have a career set yet like i don't know what i want to do do i go for the safe nine to five option which i personally also don't want to do i know for some people that works but it doesn't mm, for, mm. for create like for yeah for people that really want to just be creative and you know leap out into the world and figure out what they want to do but yeah. then the world kind of tells you that you have to build that stability you have to think about your future and exactly and all those exactly. sorts of things so exactly. it's, it's very inspiring to hear that story um mm. Because, you know, I also have done so many different customer service jobs. And wow. I think it just leads up to that, um, to that kind of moment where you, you know, where some of us just kind of get that, that letter given to them where it's like, there you go, like, this is it. Like how, but what, what, like, 
What was the hardest part of this journey for you, if you don't mind me asking? Because, you know, for a lot of creatives, it can be very scary to kind of step out and do the sort of, take that sort of leap. The hardest part for me was, because that was the first time I left home, because I had to, because when I got into the college, my parents had to sign the grant form to give me permission because I was living at home. You know, so they would have to sign the form to say, okay, I can, you know, um, go to the course. And they refused. Well, it was more so my dad. My dad just said no, because he thought when I said I wanted to become a dancer, it was just a fad. You know, so now I'm saying I want to do this for completely for, as a career. It was like, you're taking this thing too seriously now. You take, go to college and study some computers or something. You know, this is, you're taking this, too, this thing too serious. And I said to him, Dad, if you don't sign the forms, I'm going to have to leave. And he said, well, leave then. Within two weeks, I was gone. Mm. Within two weeks. But I can tell you one thing. I thank my father for doing that because I can honestly say um, throughout my journey, it was hard and there was times that I wanted to give up, but I had my dad in my voice saying, stupid about you want to be a dancer. You're this, you're that, you know what I mean? So those negative kind of reactions from him pushed me because I wanted to prove to him that I could do this. So there were times, because in my first year at this school, you've got to remember they took on three guys, right? And I think 23 girls, only three guys. Mm -hmm. One had already, you know, done uh, um, dance before and two complete beginners, you know? So you imagine, you know, the first time I'm in ballet tights anyway, that was like, uh, you know, it was like what embarrassing enough, and so they would would be at the bar, we're doing our thing. Half of the time they're speaking in French, so I didn't really understand. So I just had to follow, you know. And then we come off the bar, and then we go into the center, and the teacher will say, "Okay, and literally, I'm like all over the place. And what made it even more embarrassing? They'd say, "Okay." The boys to the side and the girls. Then they do the routine. And then the girls, <laughs> darling, when I think back, then, okay, now we'll have the boys. <laughs> How I got through it, I will never know. I will never know. And what made it worse after about six months, the other beginner, he left. I saw him crying one day, he was at the bar crying. Mm -hmm. And when I came in the next day, I was told he was gone. So it was now only me. And the amount of times I went in the toilets and cried, why am I, what am I doing here? But my only saving grace was they had one jazz class a week and one singing class a week. Mm -hmm. And when I, Dance, somehow, I don't know where the jazz came in. Well, I think it helped because my friend, he used to teach me a lot of jazz routines. So when it came to the jazz classes, I shone and people would like be watching me. And then when it came to the singing, I didn't even know I had a voice, but when it came time to sing and I sang, 
the whole room would go quiet. And I was like, when I'd stop, it would be like cheers and cheers. And I was like, wow. So that was the first realization of that I had a voice because up until then, all I wanted to do was to be a dancer. Do you see what I'm saying? So that was the big, big pressure that I had. And ironically, I got through the first year and the second year, because it was a three-year course, the second year I came back. And for it's just amazing how the mind works. Because for some reason now, all this chasse, part of the it was just going in. It was going in. And it was like, wow, very good, Santella. Yes, beautiful. And and I never forget this guy the first year came up to me and go, Oh, Santella, how do I do this? And I'd literally look at the camera of life and think, you're asking me? It, it was just amazing. It was just amazing. Suddenly I started to pick up things that a year ago I didn't have a clue about. Do you see what I mean? And so, you know, the journey was just, it was hard, but very fulfilling. The, the mere fact that I got through it, it was just very fulfilling. You know, and uh, oh. and and so it added to that when we had our assessment. The in the second year, I came top in ballet, I came top in jazz, top in singing. I did, I came bottom in contemporary because I never went to the classes. You know what I mean? And tap, I came bottom because I just I I was just not a good tap dancer. But yeah, so that was it really for me, you know, so it was hard, but well worth it, you know, because they, that school created that foundation for me to know I could move on to other things. Do you yes. see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that is really what happened, you know, uh, because at the end of that year, I was contemplating to just stay in a third year. And I had my interview and they said, Santella, you have done well. You came here not knowing your head from your your <laughs> not knowing your head from your foot, and you've done really well doing ballet. It's 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 helped your strength. Your jazz is beautiful, but we feel that your best bet is now to go onto a musical theatre school, something like London Studio Centre. We feel that's the best place for you. And I went, got in. Just like that. So it's been, you know, it, by then I had so much confidence in my ability that I, I went in knowing that I would get in. Mm. I just I just knew it. You know what I mean? So, you know, and also I I only planned to stay there for a year, but after a year, I felt as though I wasn't ready. So I went up to the office and said, I just don't feel like I'm ready to go out there into the world. They said, well, try for a scholarship. And I said, and I said, me? I said, yeah, well, you know, if you don't think you're ready, if you're good enough for a scholarship, then we'll give you a scholarship. Mm -hmm. And it was like, again, you know, this, this kind of doubt, even though I felt I was getting a lot better, there was still doubt. Because when they said me, pay for me to come to a school, so I didn't think I'd get it. But I auditioned for the scholarship and he gave me a scholarship for another year. So it's just crazy. It's, it's just crazy. 
just to even be speaking about it is crazy mm. you know wow that's it sounds like you've really like like as soon as you stepped into your purpose everything just kind of started aligning around you which is so like it's so inspiring it's so so inspiring yeah 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 i i agree i agree so you know. what was your what was your favorite um what was your favorite part um about this whole journey like what fills you with the most what what fills you with the most joy and i know you probably have like a million stories but what's the first thing that comes through to your mind uh, again oh beautiful brilliant questions darling oh because again it just i do remember because after i left studio center I got a job in Italy, yeah, just because I, I don't know if they did they do it now. There's something called an equity card, which you need to be in the, to be a dancer and actor. It's kind of like a protection for dancers, actors, etc. Yeah, so you need to do at least eight months of work in order to get this equity card. So I did a, um, I went to this place in Italy called Gardenland. You know, and it was a theme park like Disney World and stuff like that. But they had a theatre there. So, you know, we went out there as a dance troupe. And, uh, you know, it was there. And I can tell you, it was the most fun I've ever had in my life. I forgot about what I wanted to do. like Because I knew from Studio Centre I wanted to be in a musical. I knew that. And funny enough, the musical that I wanted to be in was Starlight Express because a lot of people said, oh, you'd be, you'd be really good in Starlight Express. And I hadn't seen it. So I went to the theatre and I watched it and I thought, I understand why people think that I'd be good in it. But when I got this job in Italy, it was out of my mind because I was having so much fun. It was just, we literally worked in the morning for half an hour and we was literally um, in this place called Pesquera, Larga di Garda. We was literally by this, the sea. It was literally 15 minutes away. So we'd work in the morning, 11 o'clock, and we'd just chill out at the beach till four o'clock and we'd work for another half an hour. And the day, the rest of the day was ours. So it was just so much fun. And the only reason why, and again, it's a lot of blessing in disguise because it was supposed to be a one-year contract, but we was having so much fun that we went back the next year. And we would have probably continued. It's just that the guy who employed us, you know, he was, I called him my 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 um, uh, white papa, you know what I mean? Because he just treated me like a son and it was just crazy. But he decided to leave. So when he left, we all left. And it was now back to London, okay, now we got to go for what we want to go for. And um, my dream was to do the West End. And um, it's funny because all the other um, uh, auditions that were going on, like Cats, um, you know, Phantom, Miss Saigon, I didn't attend because I decided I wanted to do stuff. That's what I was going to do. 
That's all I wanted to do. So while everyone else was going for different, different jobs and saying, where's Santelli? He goes, oh, well, he just wants to do Starla. And they would be be like, what is he like? You don't do that. You have to go for a lot of different auditions. And then, you know, you you just, you know, take the, the one that's offered to you. So it was like crazy Santella. Starlight came up, darling, and I went for the audition got down to the last two out of the boys, right? And I thought I had it. It was a set, because I remember this club I was hanging around with in, in Covent Garden. I remember waiting there. That was where a lot of the musical theatre people used to hang out. And as I came in, the people from Starlet was like, Santella, congratulations. I'd be like, what? you got Starlet, haven't you heard? Haven't they called you that? I said, no, because yeah, congratulations. And I oh God, London, oh my God, my dream, darling, wow. my dream. And I was just like, oh, and I was waiting for this call. But at the same time, we were still at the skate school. Um, and the German audition came up and we literally said, let's go to Germany for a laugh, the, the audition for a laugh. And there again, I got down to the last five, yeah? And, but I didn't think nothing of it. And two, three weeks went by and I hadn't heard from London. So I'm thinking, I thought I had London. And I called up the, you know, I said, this is Centella. I thought I was told I had London. I haven't heard anything. Oh, well, Centella, we're kind of finding it hard to cast at the moment, but we'll let you know and stuff like that. Darlene, before I knew it, the guy I was up against, they gave it to him. I was like, no! Someone told me through the grapevine. They gave it to him. I was a mess. Oh, no. Darling, I was a mess. And I never forget. I never forget such a mess. And I was with someone at the time. And I remember we were together and I was crying, crying. And she said, let's just go away. And we literally booked a flight. And we went to Malta for like 10 days. And... uh, it, this is crazy. When we went there, we was like partying, partying. And then we went back to one of the, the, the friends we had met, hotel. And while we was there, there was a book on the, 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 the um, side table. And it was The Power of Thinking Big, right? I think it was um, by Louise Hayes, I think. Darling, I picked up this book. I couldn't put it down. I couldn't put it down because it was just saying things like, you know, you've got to believe. And, you know, even when you think the chips are down, don't give up. You've got to, whatever situation you're in, you've got to just have the courage to walk away from that situation, knowing that your destiny is, is planned. Darlene, I came back to London. And at the time I had a flat paying on mortgage with my brother, right? And I was working at the, the, the theatre at the same time to, to, you know, between jobs. I literally came home, went to the theatre and quit. I said, listen, due to um situation beyond my control, I just have to leave. And I was like, what do you mean, Santa? I just have to leave. And it was all because of reading the book. And I came home and I remember my brother said, how come you're not going to work, bro? I said, nah, man. I said, it's sorted. He goes, what do you mean? I said, something's going to turn up. He goes, bro, you know, 
something's going to turn up, ain't going to pay the mortgage. said, dead. don't worry. I kid you not. And I never forget again, I was playing Super Mario. I kid you not. The phone rang. And my brother's girlfriend picked up the phone. It was Starlight Germany. <laughs> I you not. I took the phone and, uh, you know, I said, hello. He goes, yes, Santella. Uh, he said, are you Santella? I said, yes. I said, okay, we would like to offer you a contract in Germany. I was like, oh my God. okay. You know, and that was, you know, okay. I said, okay. And we were talking, talking, and and I, and she goes, um, so you're going to be paid. And she said it in Deutschmarks. I think it was 15,000 Deutschmarks, yeah? And, uh, you know, I said, so how much is that in pounds? You've got to remember, this was like over 30 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. In pounds, she goes, oh, that's about 4,900 pounds. I was like, what? 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 Four thousand nine hundred pounds, and she goes, "Yeah, do you want it?" I said, "Yeah." <laughs> so it's funny. I let I, I went the long way round to answer your question, but that was the moment when I got Starlight Germany, and they told me how much I was getting. I was like, "Oh, I never forget." And I, and for all the the people listening. Don't do this, but I did it. I was just, I got so drunk, I drank, jumped into my car, and I was like, ah! and I drove to my mom's house. Yeah, I got Starlight, yeah, da, 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 da. And it was a 15-month contract, and it was, the feeling I had was just, I cannot describe it. Mm. It was just like, wow. It was just really was. And ironically, before I went, I met Eileen Phillips, who is the choreographer for Starlight. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said to me, congratulations, Santa. I said to her, oh, thank you, um, uh, Miss Phillips. But I thought I had London. And she goes, well, Santa, we were going to give you London. But when I saw you at the German audition, I assumed you don't mind doing Germany. So we gave it to Royston. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And I said to her, oh, but I wanted lunch. She goes, okay, Santella, go to Germany and I'll give you, um, do the contract in Germany and I'll, I'll cast you for next year's um, uh, Starlight in London. And I thought, well, I'm sweet. But uh, you know what happened in that year? Starlight London closed. <gasps> Oh, wow. So that I never done London. I never done London. Wow. Starlight, yeah, Starlight London clothes. Yeah, so <laughs> absolutely. Wow. That moment for me was absolutely, I would never forget it. Never forget it. Wow, that is incredible. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Never forget it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so <laughs> inspiring stories here i'm just like my jaw is just constantly dropping i'm just like oh my god (laughs) yeah 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 wow yeah no this is so interesting um wow so i kind of want to want to kind of touch upon your lessons a little bit if that's okay Okay. Okay. um because this is going to be episode two well maybe well we'll see but this is going to be part of like the 
singing blo- singing blockage um series that I'm doing on my podcast um and obviously you know I found you on tutorful and um ever since doing your lessons I don't I haven't just noticed a change in terms of singing but also a change in confidence and belief and you kind of touched upon that before when you said that you walked into an audition and you just you knew you knew that you had it and you knew that confidence and i i personally believe that confidence isn't a requirement it's a result of you stepping into the things that you want to do um, and i would love for you to kind of touch upon that and touch on how you how you perceive that and how you do that because it feels like it it felt like um it felt like magic a little bit when we when you started giving me lessons and suddenly it just kind of clicks and the whole process of like why why you know encouragement is so 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 important because you do say you, you call it motivational singing lessons it's not just singing lessons you mm. It's motivated singing lessons. You're not yeah. just there for the theory. You're you're yeah. doing it also from a personal perspective to allow us to shine. So I'd yeah. love for you to talk more about that. <clears throat> and that's that's a great question because again, it's born out of um, it's born out of the pain that I had, you know, because growing up as a child, I was very very shy, and you know, getting into fear, I can honestly say, saved my life in that respect, because the first thing that they taught, <coughs> they teach, especially at, you know, when we was doing drama, was to how to um, basically step out of your comfort zone and don't be afraid of people laughing at you. They'd have us doing exercises like you sit us around in a, in a circle and say, okay, Santa, get up and be a washing machine. It's like, what? You know, so, you know, and so as you did it, as I did it, and then other people did it, I was seeing what was going on because people were laughing, but people didn't really care. You know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, they were laughing at at (coughs) what they were doing. And the fact that they wasn't, they just did it without even thinking about it. They just did it. And and also, again, you know, when I was, um, (coughs) when I was, um, the fact that I'm I'm still that that shy kid inside. I understand that, you know, when it comes to lights, camera, action, like for example, audition, you have to put that aside. You have to step out of your comfort zone and go for it. Be willing to fail. You know, that's why the saying I always say to you, ready, fire, aim, because that's the only way you're going to know, you know, whether you can do anything. If you are just ready and you're aiming, it's like, oh, should I do it or shouldn't I? Should I do it or shouldn't I? And most of the times when you're in that, in that way, you know, that just stepping out of your comfort zone just made me understand that despite how you're feeling in your real life, when it comes down to performing, you've got to just step out of your comfort zone. And the more you step out of your comfort zone, the easier it starts to, to get, you know, because I can honestly say it's like, you know, it's a masquerade of, of when I, when I put on the armor of confidence, I'm masquerading the real Santella. But because I've done it so often, 
it really, it, it, it becomes so much easier. You know, there's always that I, I, and now I distinguish between that just little nerves, the nerves of just wanting to do good, but it's not the nerves that will stop me from, you know, doing what I need to do. And this is why I, I encourage my students a lot because going through that journey of going to auditions and, you know, just basically not being um, called out so for so many times, so many times. And then when you finally break through, okay, you find that, okay, I've got through one audition. Now I know how to be in another audition. And then it just goes on and on and on. And I, and that's why I feel as though I'm such a good teacher without blowing my own trumpet is because I sympathise. When people, when I see people who come here or online and I see that they're nervous, I know exactly what they're feeling. And so that's why I'm so in your face. Come on, let's go. Yeah, come on, you can do it. You know what I mean? You know, because... You know, to, to kind of just say, okay, I understand you're nervous and da, 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 da. And before you know it, when I'm doing that nine times out of 10, in fact, 10 times out of 10, you, I, I see the, the student, they start laughing and they start, you just starting to get relaxed. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, and so it's all born out of not being afraid to go wrong, mm. period. You know, it's better that you go wrong and then you know how to fix it than to not try and go wrong and not know what to do because you haven't even attempted to try what you want to do. Do you see what I'm saying? So, you know, that that is really it at the end of the day because whether you are, I would say nine, no, I'd say about seven out of 10 out of my students they have this got no confidence at all. And so this is why when they find themselves singing a song and feeling good about it, that's why the joy, they, they experience so much joy, you know, because they're doing something they've always wanted to do. And they've stepped out of their comfort zone because I've kind of forced them to step out of it. And now they're now kind of like flying. And that's why I say the cheesy thing, my, my um, job is just to help you tap into the greatness that's inside of you. Because we all, as cheesy as it's we all have greatness in us. But it's, you know, a lot of us don't tap into it. And all you need is that nudge, you know, to tap into it. And then like how you have seen, you know, that nudge has, you know, allowed you just to open up and just, you know, just fly, basically, you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, it's powerful. It's powerful, yeah. you know? No, absolutely. Very yeah, powerful. I think this work is incredible because, you know, I have had um, a singing teacher in the past, like I've told you before, and it's, you know, some people are very technical about it, which is fine, but especially when you're starting out and you don't have that confidence, it's so important to have someone there who tells you that you can do it and you know allows you to prove to yourself that you can as well exactly exactly and like you said as well like i per i so believe when they said to me oh well God. sorry you cut out for a second 
go on. I was saying. No, because that's why I said, like, when the woman said to me, you know, about, oh, well, why don't you just go for a scholarship? I thought, me? And then the first time I was in a darts class, I said, do you want to be a professional dancer? Uh, I don't really know. Well, I think you should. It's like they saw something in me that I'd never seen. And it's like, for you know, that seems to be the case. When I see my student, I see something in them that a lot of the times they don't see. And I just inspire them just to, hey, go for it. And you will see what I see. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's powerful, really powerful, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and that's why I love doing it because, uh, you know, I've, I've worked in a drug rehabilitation centre whereby I literally was, uh, um, uh, what's it? You know, when you did it for free, what, what do you call that? um like a volunteer volunteer yeah 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 volunteer and I worked in there for a year and that again was an eye-opener for me because I hear about singing releasing endorphins it was time people just be like this and I'd go in there for an hour and a half and we'd just be singing songs like you are gold always believe in your soul and I'd have them like saying they're golden hugging each other and so and it was literally after that one and a half hours it was just like an awakening they'd be smiling laughing joking and stuff like that and again because although they're down because of their situation, you know, I just kind of help them to tap into that good part of them, that feel good side of them. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. And that's why I say it's, it will, it's part of the master plan. No matter what I'm striving to do, yeah, singing will always be a part of, of what I do. You know what I mean? Always be, you know? So, yeah. Wow. What, what are your biggest inspirations? My biggest inspirations? Mm. Mm. That's, a, that's a good question. Like what keeps you wanting to do this work? Like, is there an inspiration or? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very interesting question because in a nutshell, I have, I have been, down the road of depression I've had it you know and what I've realized is that depression is something once you've had you've had depression it's something that never leaves you you know it's always lurking in the background ready to pounce when something goes wrong in your life yeah and like I said when I worked in the drug rehabilitation center I never forget when they found out that I was doing it as a volunteer. I remember this girl, a couple of girls came up to me and said, Santana, we hear that you're just doing this as a volunteer. We really want to thank you because, you know, you don't have to be doing it, you know? And I looked them in the eye and you girls, and I said, you know what? You may, might sound funny to you, but, you know, the way that you have just said that to me is why I do what I do. Because by me helping you, you're helping me because they're showing appreciation. Do you see what I'm saying? Because for so long, the reason why I got into depression was because, you know, I'd done the musicals and then I got ill and I couldn't do it anymore. And I felt like being a vocal coach was a come down, 
what's that? I was on stage, I can't just be a vocal coach. But then all this made me realize, wow, there's a reason why I'm doing what I do. There's a reason why I went through all the pain I went through. There's a reason for it. And so that is what most motivates me, you know, because I know singing is a great part of mental health. It really is. It can help people. I've got so many people who's been through depression, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. And they literally come to me, they say, because it makes them happy. And by them being happy, it makes me happy. And that's why when I go to a lesson, there's no put on. Because the minute I see them or they come in there, all this, it's not a put on. It's just naturally, even if I'm tired, it's a, it naturally comes out of me. When they when they realise they've done something good and they've hit a note that they've never hit before, that's why I go crazy because I'm pumped. I get so pumped, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just, you know, I'm just so grateful to be a part of the journey. And I'm so grateful that now I can appreciate what I'm doing. I can appreciate what I'm doing, whereas before I couldn't appreciate it. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, that's that is it in a nutshell, you know? Wow. You know? Wow. Powerful. <laughs> yeah, no, that is so powerful. It's also so powerful to think about all the people's lives that you have touched and changed. Like my my life personally, you've made such a massive difference. Like I literally like I, I just wouldn't as you know the first lesson like I was just so so incredibly nervous and now I feel so much more confident and I actually am able to enjoy singing before I didn't I enjoyed it but I felt like I wasn't capable enough so I was wow. putting I was I was it was kind of I was putting more strain on me singing than ever before and now it wow. just feels like something so natural and yeah it's genuinely changed my life so much over this wow. year like like i said not even in terms of voice not just in terms of voice but also in terms of personality and confidence, confidence. Like it's, given, it's just given me so much because i'm i know that i'm capable now which which is so so incredible because before all i heard was maybe maybe or you know maybe we're not good enough and mm. th as soon as i booked my lesson with you i made a commitment <laughs> mm. i made a commitment to myself at the beginning of this year to finally um explore that side of me which is so so wow. amazing to see wow. where i am I, now i appreciate that i mean i'm so honored to be a part of your journey honestly you know what i mean mm. so honored you know and again that just it just fills me with so much joy because I hear those stories so often and you know that's why I do what I do and that's why I'll always be doing this no matter what else I do this is going to be a part of what I continue to do you know what I mean yeah. you know helping someone and having that reciprocated just by them appreciating you it's really all you need mm -hmm. <laughs> it really is Oh my God, that, you know, I know that will keep those evil voices at bay. That will keep it at bay. It really will, you know? And uh, so I'm, I'm pumped about it, you know? Really, really, really pumped. Absolutely. I had another question for you, but let me just 
double check. Um, yeah, so how do I put this into words? Um, You're ready, fire, aim, baby. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just trying to think because it's just like left my mind for a second. Um, so to any, so, oh my gosh, where has it gone? So to anyone who's starting off with their journey in terms of creativity, whether they, they're singing or they want to be a dancer, what is the one thing that you would want them to know? Is there anything that you would want to say to them right now? Yeah, I would say, um, if you, whatever you want to do, okay, there's no point just kind of thinking it's going to happen. You've got to put in the work because by putting in work proves that you wanna, you really wanna do it. You see what I'm saying? So many people, oh, I wanna be a singer. I wanna be a dancer. I wanna be a videographer. I wanna be this, I wanna be that. But yet they're not putting in the work in order to achieve it, you see? And so I would say, just get um, whatever you choose to do, become as, you just add value to yourself in whatever you're doing. So much, so much value that you know that people are going to want you more than you want them. This is so important. Just continue to learn, 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 learn. Because by you learning, learning, learn, you're adding more and more value, 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 value to yourself. And this is at the end of the day, what people buy into, the value that you give. Do you see what I'm saying? So this is what I would say. Don't just say you want to do um something you've got to back it up with actions yeah because that is how you prove not only to yourself that you want it but to the market <laughs> is and that is it that is it in a nutshell mm. wow that is it that literally is the key literally yeah. you know Get passionate about what you're doing. And, you know, that passion will lead you to want to learn more and more about it. And then the more, like I say, the more and more you learn, automatically the more value is going to be added to you. And then that's it, you know. Mm. It, it's just a matter of time before you achieve what you want to achieve. You know, I mean, talking about that with the dancing and everyone saying, I can't do it. I spoke to you about what happened in the dance school, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and uh, it was only through hard work. It was time to teach would come in. I'd be sleeping in the studio, you know, because I fell asleep practicing. Santella, you need to go home because that's all I was just practicing, go way behind. And then before you know it, that practice just accumulated, accumulated, and then before you know it, you're doing things that, whoa, really? It's amazing. It really is amazing, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's it, really, at the end of the day, man. Amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering, I think 
I don't think there's anything else that I, any of the questions that I have for you, but is there anything that is coming through for you that you feel like you want to share? Yeah. Um, like I said, I mean, the main, the main thing is, um, like myself who never, never was sure of what I wanted to do as a kid. I just knew there was a yearning, something different. And even though the whole world basically was telling me I couldn't do it, the whole world, you know what I'm saying? And understandably, understandably so, because if I was on the outside looking in here myself, I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Is that what you want to be? You know what I mean? You know, you've got to not, this, this cliche of just believing in yourself is not enough. Believe in yourself and put in the work. Yeah, put in the work so that you're able to achieve what you want to achieve. I can't stress that. You've got to put in the work and be prepared to get knocked down. Be prepared to get knocked down, however, because this will really tell you how much you want it. And I have to say this, the last thing I have to say, because it's so fresh in my mind. I don't know if you know anything about boxing. Do you know anything about boxing? Well, over the weekend, this guy, Tyson Fury, he became... You know, uh, he's he's basically the champion at heavyweight boxing, and literally four or five years ago, he was like overweight, lost all his titles, went in depression and stuff like that. He went into the ring against the hardest puncher in heavyweight history, right? Got knocked down. Okay, in in because they fought three times. In all that time, he got knocked down um, four times, and he got back up and he won. Wow! He's the live. He's the true Rocky story. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat because he got knocked down and he got back up, knocked down again got back up and in the end he knocked out the guy and you know i can guarantee you they'll make a film about him in the very near future because the inspiration of someone who's been through all that and the thing is a lot of us can relate to that being knocked down knocked down but the the, the sad thing is a lot of us get knocked down and we decide okay you know what i've got knocked down this is my lot. You know what I mean? If you want it bad enough, not get knocked down, get back up, get back up, get back up until you achieve what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, absolutely. I think it's so important because like, oh, dear. it's so easy. It's so easy for us to kind of come back to that fear of like the comfort zone. Like I always say that fear is your comfort zone because at like anything outside of that comfort zone 
is feels uncomfortable and it feels fear and then the, the fear is just keeping you trapped there because you're fearful of knowing what's on the other side and exactly so many of us fear rejection and that's like our biggest fear like i know that i i'm still working with it as well the fear of rejection when we put yeah. ourselves out there when we yeah. share our message when we share yeah. our ideas and creativity yeah. um and it's so easy to decide to be hard on yourself and yeah. and reject yourself in that sense when someone else rejects you but it essentially comes back to having your own back and knowing exactly what you want and what you need and kind of stepping back into that purpose because you could have given up as well when they turned you away but you didn't and you kept going and going 100%. and you ended up in freaking germany hundred <laughs> so. percent and you know the funny thing is at the time starlight when i got starlight it was the biggest grossing musical in the world wow. and another thing out of all the people in the audition there must have been about 200 boys they taught only me one guy Wow. And this is a shy little kid who wouldn't say boo to a goose, started dancing at the age of 21. It was just, you know, just crazy. It's just wow. absolutely crazy. Mm. And it ain't, you know, it just, it's not going to stop. It just can't. I've just, every time I feel, okay, this is my lot, I'd see something like, oh, I want to do this. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. It just never stops. It never stopped because that is the power of us being human beings. Mm -hmm. The one thing that we got over animals is the power to dream. Yeah. So, hey, why not really utilize the fact that, you know, we have just been given dominion over every everything on the planet. So let's show that we've been given dominion. Show that we've been given dominion by just living to the max. Mm. Living to the max. Even if we come to a part in a life where nothing seems to be happening, you've got to keep on just pushing because it's the times when things ain't going to happen. They say the, the, um, the light comes before the darkest point at night. When it's completely dark, it's got completely dark, boom, that's when the light comes out. You know what I mean? And the ironic thing in Starlight Express, there was a song called There's a Light at the End of the Tunnel. Mm. The inside might be as black as the night, but at the end of the tunnel, there's a light. Powerful. Wow. Powerful. Wow. And I love that because it's like, it, I, I believe that anything that we can dream, anything that we can envision, we can make reality because exactly. I, I believe that, you know, we were, we were put on this planet and we were born, we were born worthy to experience the life, exactly. you know, that we want to experience and anything, any limitations that we feel that we have are limiting beliefs that were put onto us as we were growing up. Um, exactly. So it's so like it's so interesting that you say that because I I definitely believe that you know when you can dream something why not make it reality and it's a lot of work in the subconscious and it's a lot of like crossing over fears it's not like yes. just like leaping into it and that's yeah. it I think yeah. it's also so so interesting because you know we constantly like you say like we keep learning we keep learning and we keep growing and there's so many other um things to explore i mean probably when you were 21 you maybe didn't think about becoming a um a singing teacher yeah, and now you exactly. are exactly exactly so it's crazy 
I also think it's interesting that, you, you know, you started dancing at 21 and say if I would have wanted to pick something up, <laughs> like, for example, I picked up singing this year and I turned 25 this year. I thought to myself, it's too late. Like, it's too late to get started. Like, I generally had this voice in my head that was like, oh, my God, it's too late to, like, try yeah. and do something with this. Yeah. Like, at what, po at what age were you actually in Starlight Express? I was in Starlight. I got into Starlight uh when was it 31 really 31 wow. years old yeah wow so again it was just such a big achievement for me mm. you know it, it was just crazy it was just crazy to think this shy little kid mm. and you know and one of the beautiful times i told i told him my father was just against the whole thing my father just, well, I remember I went home one day and uh, I'd done this program called Pot of Gold, you know, and it was like this big presenter called Des O'Connor and stuff like that. And it was on Nationwide TV. And I sang on it. I came second. I, mean, I wouldn't want anyone to see it because, darling, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm glad there's no footage of it. I went with a straw hat, uh, a beige suit, a beige cravat and a blue shirt. What I was thinking, I don't know. But anyway, I done oh it. And I'll never forget the time coming home and I said, Dad, did you watch it? And my dad said, yes, me proud of your son. I'm proud of you. And my dad is hardcore. So for him to say that to me, a tear came to my eye. It really, after all the years, my dad was saying, you stupid, about you want to do this. Why don't you go and do this? Why don't you go and do that? Mm. It's just, you know, it's amazing how things turned, turned around, you know? Mm. And again, because I just wouldn't be, I wouldn't give up. I just mm. wouldn't be, I just wouldn't be told that I can't do it. You tell me I can't do it. That was more the reason to do it. And that's why a lot of students, when they say to me, oh, my parents, you know, they laugh at me and this and that. I said, okay, that's okay. Use it as fuel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And again, I can empathize because of what happened to me. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, and it, it's just powerful. Mm -hmm. Just what we've been given as human beings. And, you know, we just, you know, it, it just, just give up too easy too easy you know and a book i'd like to um recommend to all your viewers the five second rule by mel robbins mm -hmm. absolutely powerful pick it up on audiobook i have i listen to it every morning when i go to the gym it's so powerful and it's talking basically about what we're talking about powerful mm -hmm. that five second rule you know, when you have a thought, you may not want to say something or whatever, you just count down five, four, three, two, one, go. It's mm -hmm. powerful. And I've literally used that in so many ways. It's crazy. I've always feared spiders. <laughs> and I've used it to help my phobia with spiders because a spider was in the studio. And usually I'm like, oh, and I'd get something and I'd kid it. And I was literally five, four, three, two, one. I kid you not, darling. And the spider was like, wow, for years. I kid you not. I, you know, and I just took the spider, the spider, 
and I just put it out. And from now, now when I see a spider, I just catch it, put it out. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh my god! Wow. It's crazy. <laughs> the five second rule, Mel Robbins. You've got to listen to it. I'm telling you, it's powerful, darling. Wow. I know you'd appreciate it. Mm. Where you're at, you know, the way you speak and some of the stuff I heard on your podcast, I know you would resonate with what she's saying. 100%. 100%. Cool. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared in here, like your story. And wow. Thank you so, so much for taking the time as well to come on here. It's my honor. Honestly, it's my honor. I mean, I hope I didn't go with too much because once I get started, you know, I really cannot stop. You know what I mean? But it's, you know, uh, and every time I go back to it, it just brings his on on, on, on my skin and, you know, sometimes it just gets me emotional, but it's just all part of what I've been through. And I know if if anything I have said can help people in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. it was just, that was the the uh, the reason reason enough to be here. So I thank you for inviting me on. So welcome. How can yeah. people find you? Let us let us know how can people find you and work with you. Well, the only place that will be possible, just go to my website, singinglessonsluton.com. I don't do no socials and stuff simply because I get distracted easily. So mm-hmm. I just decided, you know what, let me come off and just have my base website so I could focus on the things that I'm doing. And but So singinglessonsluton.com and that's, yeah. that's where you find me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so, so much. I really, really appreciate you being here.